for us today. And Jill back there on the piano, we don't get to see her front and center, but wow, amazing. Good morning. I am delighted to be here with you all. Uh, for those of you that don't know me, I am Jean Schneider, formerly a member of staff here on the church, um, but most recently the director of Living Hope Counseling Services. And we are a nonprofit counseling center that's actually located right here on the church campus. And, you know, this has been a church that has supported mental health for decades, for decades. And I am just blessed to be able to be part of continuing that mission. I thought I'd give you a quick little update. I periodically run into somebody and they're like, how's it going? How's it going? How's it going? And it's going amazingly, you know, kind of the old saying, build it and they will come. Um, being able to have more staff has really been able to increase the number of appointments that we've been able to see, the number of people that we serve. So in the last 18, 19 months, um, we've had about 3,200 counseling appointments, uh, which is a lot. I mean, that's phenomenal. Um, so we're all, we're almost double of where we typically were previously, and we've been able to train 14 graduate students, so we still have that heart and that commitment to be able to train up and equip our graduate students so that they are the next counselors um, providing care and really being able to teach them how does faith integrate into that counseling process. So we are delighted that we're still here on campus and able to uh, give you that quick little update. So, we've been exploring in First Peter living hope throughout this summer. And when Drew asked me if I would be willing to, to preach, I went, okay. Um, <laughs> I thought he had lost my number or something, but he hadn't. He hadn't. Um, and he said, the title of the sermon is Hope Suffers. And me and my little snarky way said, I don't like that title. I, I don't like that. And he said, okay, how about hope in suffering? And I went, huh, okay. I, I, okay, I, I can deal with that. Um, but what I noticed as I began to really sit with that scripture and really begin to focus is that hope does suffer. And we'll look at that today. And of course, letting the counselor be up here, right? It's not going to be your just normal kind of sermon. We're going to have some experiential moments. So I hope you all will just play with me a little bit as we do that. Because ultimately, I want you to hear from God. I want you to hear from the Spirit and what He wants you to know today as you walk out of here. So I don't know about you all, but... Life has felt kind of wearisome. Um, I've seemed like I'm more distracted. It's harder to kind of focus in. Um, seems like there's more anxiety, more depression, more discouragement, despair. You name it, we, we we're living through times that seem new to us. And we are noticing that maybe we aren't, we aren't quite as resilient as we once used to be or thought we were. And sometimes I feel like the day's events, the brokenness that we notice, 
within our bodies, within our relationships, within the world, within the government, within the systems of this world, that it's kind of like this. That steady drip, that steady drip, that kind of erodes maybe some of that hope that we feel, right? That all of a sudden that drip, drip, and all of a sudden you find yourself waking up going, why am I so tired? I find myself often as I have some some other kind of news come to me that I often say to myself, really? Seriously? Now I got to make decisions about that? I just kind of like, ugh. And maybe you're in a season where you're like, man, life is pretty good. I don't know what you're talking about up there, Schneider. But there might be a little part of you that's saying, I hope it stays that way. I hope it stays that way. I want to be able to make sure that I can stay grounded in this hope and that life continues to move on as it is right now. So wherever you find yourself, I pray today that as we look at God's word, as we experience some some ways to kind of think through what's going on around us, that you'll be able to have a little bit more grounding, a little bit more of being able to walk into that living hope. So pray with me. Uh, Father, we come to you, and Lord, I pray that it will be your words that will be heard today. I pray you will shepherd our hearts to fill us with your hope. Give us the desire to grow more in you and to hear your voice. Guard us from the lies of the enemy that wants to deceive, that wants to steal our hope in you. And we ask this in the powerful name of Jesus. So as we look at 1 Peter 4, as we're moving through the scriptures of 1 Peter this summer, let us read 1 Peter 4. And it will be on your screen or can follow along in your pew Bible, which is on page 1016. Wow. I'm going to mosey over here because I'm getting old and I can't read the text in the Bible. Uh, just being real, people. Just being real. All right. Uh, the end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be self-controlled and sober-minded for the sake of your prayers. Above all, keep loving one another earnestly since love covers a multitude of sins. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Suffering as a Christian, beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice insofar as you share Christ's suffering, that you may also rejoice 
and be glad when his glory is revealed. If you are insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed because the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. But let none of you suffer as a murderer or a thief or an evildoer or as a meddler. Yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in that name. For it is time for judgment to begin at the household of God. And if it begins with us, what will be the outcome for those who do not obey the gospel of God? And if the righteous is scarcely saved, what will become of the ungodly and the sinner? Therefore, let those who suffer according to God's will entrust their souls to a faithful creator while doing good. This is the word of the Lord. So as we think about those scriptures, the word is really clear that we're going to have suffering. And sometimes I think the church may have done injustices where they begin to give a message that life is, you know, unicorn and rainbows and that if you're suffering, you've done something wrong. And the reality is, is that's not truth. God is very clear that we will have suffering, but it's in that suffering and how we respond to that suffering is what God is concerned about. And it's in that place where he strengthens us. It's in that place that we find that living hope. So in my counseling brain, I'm often encountering people that will say, I shouldn't feel that way. Rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again, rejoice. Right? And that's true. We want to rejoice in the Lord. But it's also okay to say, I'm suffering. This is hard. I'm in pain. And so one of the things that we often talk about is acknowledging what you're experiencing. And so... I don't know about you, but I feel like I've just been kind of just going and going and going and going. And recently I started this this prayer meditation app. And one of the things that it encouraged you to do is just sit and notice what comes up. What are you feeling? What are you thinking? Now, maybe you, you have more margin in your world and you do that on a regular basis. Or something bubbles up and you're like, eh, I don't really care to notice that right now. Okay? But God gave us emotions. Right? We are human beings made in his image. We're not little robots walking around. We're, we're living, breathing humans that have emotions. And sometimes we want to dismiss those emotions of discouragement or disappointment, grief, loss. And the reality is that that those are just as important as the joy, as the hope, as the peace. And as as I was using this prayer app, there was one day where all of a sudden... I started to feel this disappointment. 
and it grew as I sat with it more. And I was like, dang, I'm not really enjoying this right now. What is this disappointment about? Why am I feeling this? And God, you know, he's so faithful. When you ask, he'll share that with you. And all of a sudden, God brought forth a space where I just felt really disappointment in in some relationships. And I said, okay, God, I I acknowledge. I feel disappointed. I thought, thought they would behave this way. I thought they would do this, and they haven't. And I'm disappointed. And I could have just left it there and said, okay, so I'm disappointed. But I don't think, you know, it's one thing to acknowledge how we feel, but what is it that, that God wants to do? How do we invite him into those places? And so I said, okay, Lord, I feel disappointed in, in this relationship. Now what? And again, he, he brought his comfort, but he also <laughs> graciously pointed out to me, perhaps you need to forgive that person. You can feel the disappointment, but I noticed that I was holding on to some unforgiveness. And I was like, ooh, okay. And so I talked with God about forgiving that individual. And then I was like, okay, good, done. And then he said, oh, not quite yet. Not quite yet. Oh, okay, now what? He goes, I think it's time to have that that hard conversation with that person. You need to talk with them about what you're feeling, what you're experiencing. And I was like, Ugh. all right, I already forgive them. Isn't that enough, God? Let's move on. And he was like, mm-mm. You know, and that conversation proved to be difficult, proved to be hard, uh, but also proved to be fruitful, that there was an understanding between both parties. It gave me new insight into what that other person was experiencing as well. So, you know, acknowledge the emotion, but go beyond that, right? Because we will have fiery trials. We will. That's, that's not a news flash. And as I look around this space, y'all have lived through a lot of fiery trials, right? And so how do we go about acknowledging what we feel about those trials? What are we thinking about those trials? And where does God call us? To maybe take action. Sometimes it may be just inviting his peace into that place. Inviting, asking God to give you that hope, that strength in that place. Or in this example, might be that place where God was so kind to point out to me the unforgiveness and the need to take that next step of having a hard conversation. But knowing that God is the one that's guiding and directing those things. So I ask you today, where's the drips? What are you feeling right now? Are there any places that you're feeling that weariness? Any place that you notice that you tend to worry more about? The uncertainty. Maybe within your own health, within relationships, within the world putting gas in your car, you know, whatever the case might be, where are those drips right now? And so we're just going to take a minute, okay? This is one of those times I'm going to ask you to to participate with me. We're going to take a minute, and I just want you to 
to try to get in touch with that. I'm going to pray that God will reveal to you maybe something that's going on inside of you and to see what it is that, that he might have you do. So let's pray. Father, we come to you. And Lord, I ask that you would meet each of us. That as we pause, we ask for you to, for, to show us what's going on inside. We invite your presence. We invite your comfort into that place. And Lord, we ask that whatever comes up, we ask that you would illuminate that place in our hearts. And that, Father, that you might reveal if there's a step, if there's an action that would bring healing, that would draw us closer to you that we would experience union with you. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Now that was quick, but I encourage you that if something came up, jot it down. Revisit it. Ask God, what what was this about? Often when I'm counseling and I might be doing some inner healing prayer with someone... I often hear, well, this is weird. Such and such came up. And I go, nothing's weird. Nothing's weird. There, there's a reason that that might have bubbled up to the surface. Okay? Let's look at it. And sometimes it may be they had indigestion. I don't know. But a lot of times it's because, <laughs> it's because God is, is faithfully revealing a place of brokenness that he desires to heal. Remember, hope is created when suffering is acknowledged and comfort is shared. Remember, hope is created when suffering is acknowledged and comfort is shared. I think it's so important for us to be able to not only acknowledge it within ourselves, but also to be able to share that with others. The other aspect of, of this scripture that we read and thinking about hope suffers, that even as I shared with you, I told Drew, and I don't really like that title, um, because what I realized was I was kind of in this either or mindset. I didn't really want to acknowledge that hope suffers. Because it's not an either-or thing. Because there is hope and there is suffering. And those two things can, can coexist. And they do because we've seen Jesus on the cross do exactly that. That through his death and resurrection, we have hope. So it's not an either-or. It's a both-and. And the gospel is filled with that type of thinking. Right? That we can say that through Christ, his death, and we live. Right? We're called to die to ourselves so that we can have life. 
that we know that we can have grief and joy in the same space. So that to begin to think through what is the both and mindset that as we find ourselves in those places of dealing with those drips, drip, drip, that we begin to tell ourselves a story about those drips. As a counselor, we're always listening for the narrative. You know, kind of what's the story someone's telling themselves? What's the story? And in that story, we can, as we begin to feel discouraged, it may become that either-or mindset rather than that both-and mindset. For example, you may be in a season where you're going, enough's enough, God. I've had enough. I've had enough. And so I'm weary. I'm done. I'm just done, Lord. If you're there, why am I suffering? Won't you take this from me? And we begin to say to ourselves that if God was good, we wouldn't be suffering. But it's not an either or. God's character doesn't change in the midst of our suffering. But again, it's easy for us to think, oh, I, I, I want to believe. There's a part of you as a believer wants to believe that that is true, that God doesn't change. And yet you may find yourself at times asking those questions. And I think one of the things we have to always be paying attention to is that there is an enemy. And the enemy is kind of this gentle seduction type of type of environment. He gently seduces us, right? He gently seduces us. When we think about, you know, people leaving the church, you know, there's all kinds of studies and articles coming out about because of COVID and people went virtual, now all of a sudden, you know, churches are having 50% less people sitting in the pews. What's that about? Are people saying, I don't really need community anymore? Are people saying, I'm too afraid to go back to church? That was a waste of time on a Sunday morning. But I think, you know, we see the fallout of COVID in ways that we might be surprised. Because now people are finding other things to do on a Sunday morning. And they're missing that that place of community. And I confess, just this summer... I, I would bebop in and out myself. I actually ran into somebody in the parking lot on Thursday, one of the guys from Band of Brothers. He's like, Gene, where are you going to church these days? And I said, whoop, right here. And I went, ooh, huh, hmm, that tells me something, right? Because often, if my husband was singing in second service, I'd be in second service. And periodically, I would bebop into 9 o'clock service. And I often would watch virtually. But my virtual attendance was something like I was in my workout clothes, and I was at Planet Fitness, and I was working out and listening 
to the service. Guess what? (laughs) I see some laughter. That ain't really going to church, right? I mean, I heard the sermon. I heard the great music. You know, I heard all those things. I prayed. I closed my eyes even when I was on the on the elliptical when, when we prayed. But the reality is I wasn't really going to church, right? I wasn't going to church. And this, you know, it's always good to have those quiet moments with the Lord, right? Because in one of those moments, as I was prayer journaling, you know, I was telling God, you know, I'm feeling kind of weary. And like, you know, sometimes you hear the gentle whisper, you just kind of get a sense. Well, this was a little bit louder than a gentle whisper. He's like, go back to church. I'm like, really? Oh, okay. And so over the last couple of months, I've been back physically in church. And it makes a difference. It makes a difference. I wanted to say, oh, it doesn't matter. I'm getting fed. But it does make a difference. But I also respect those that that are watching virtually for a variety of reasons and glad that we have that option as well. But listen again to what God is sharing with you, what he's telling you to do. So where is that both and and or where is that either or mindset in the story you're telling yourself right now? It's easy when you're watching the news to have all kinds of stories, right? You're scrolling through social media, and isn't it interesting? It's the same exact event, but there's so many stories about it. And we see a lot of either-or mindsets in that, right? And to be able to have a both-and mindset means we allow ourselves to have some curiosity, not only within ourselves of what we're thinking, But what are other people thinking as well? So how do you go about catching yourself when you are having that that either or? And how do you hold on to that and be able to go, what might be the both and in this situation? The other place that um, I wanted to share a, a scripture with you from Psalm 73, because I think it really speaks to that, that finding that hope and how can, even in the midst where that life is difficult, kind of God's promises again, how do we pull his promises back into whatever that situation is? Psalm 73 says, nevertheless... I am continually with you. You hold my right hand. Now, I don't know about you. You know, Pastor Drew does his, his you know, Lord's Prayer, right? He has kind of some moments, movements with that. I like to think about God holding my right hand. There's something about that. There's something comforting about God holding my hand. It says, you guide me with your counsel. Isn't that good news? We don't have to figure it out on our own. He's the one that guides us with his counsel. And afterward, you will receive me to glory. There is that promise, that hope. Whom have I in heaven but you? 
and there's nothing on earth that I desire besides you. So often our minds and our hearts begin to reach for those things that are of this earth. And we lose that, that focus, that single-heartedness of seeking God, seeking his treasures, his kingdom. My flesh and my heart may fail. Any amens to that? Your body's failing a little bit. Yeah. But God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Isn't that beautiful? And I might say, rather than but, and God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. So when you find yourself battling, remember that God is that strength for your heart. And then just the last point is agreements that in those stories that we tell ourselves, where are we making agreements? Where do we say to the enemy as that slow drip is happening, oh yeah, you're right. This world is going to hell in a handbasket. Oh yeah. You're right. Who knows what's going to happen? Right? That drip begins to erode us and we begin to make agreements with those things that are not of God. And that's exactly what the enemy wants us to do. I've made it a regular practice about once a month that I just kind of sit and quiet and just say, Lord, what am I agreeing with that's not of you? And often I find it's in places where I feel wearied. You know, I'm in the midst of caregiving for three aging parents. That's hard work in the midst of running a a counseling center. But I find it's in that weariness that I begin to make agreements of, I don't know, I got it in me. I don't think I can do this anymore. This is too hard. And I hear God's gentle whisper going, who are you agreeing with? Is it that strength that I give you? Or is it the enemy trying to wear you down and, and causing you to believe that you can't do it? Now, that doesn't mean, again, we are human beings. Our body needs rest. Our body needs those things as well. But also recognizing how easy it is to join with the enemy and agreeing with him. So stay focused on where where am I agreeing? What are those thoughts? Sometimes I say, listen to how you speak. If you start finding yourself... The never, the always, the shoulds. Those are usually some good good indicators that I'm believing, making an agreement with the enemy. Okay? Don't should all over yourself. All right? No shouldn't. All right? <laughs> Be, pay attention. Pay attention to, because should causes shame. And God is not a God of shame. So pay attention to what where the enemy is trying to seduce you into believing things that are not of God.
So for our final little moment, we're going to pause. And we're going to invite Jesus in. And we're going to ask him to show us, are there places of agreement that I'm making? So pray with me. Father, we come to you and we, we seek you. And God, we know how easy it is to make agreements that are not of you. And we ask that you would just shine your light into those places. And Lord, we renounce those agreements in the name of Jesus. And that, Lord, we pray that your glory would fill our hearts today, would restore and renew. That you would grant us that supernatural endurance and that resilience. In Jesus' name, amen.